Um, further ado, I mean, it's time to... I think it's time for the rest of the service! Woo! <laughs> so uh, we're here to welcome up Brie Briscoe herself. Yeah. yeah, thanks again for joining you guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. I can top those jokes but here we are so we're really glad that you guys decided to join us today um, if you're watching now or if you're watching live we're just really thankful that you're here uh, if this is the first time you've tuned into Chi Alpha if you haven't been here before uh, we're a community that loves to support each other so it might look really different in the next few weeks but we're here for each other nonetheless and so tonight it looks like this tonight it looks like Facebook live Instagram live wherever you're tuning in from we're really glad you're here um, and I know we're not together, like, physically, but if you're the kind of person that takes notes, I would really encourage you to keep doing that. And um, this is what church services are going to look like in a lot of places for a few weeks. So let's make it as normal as possible. Let's keep learning. Mm -hmm. um, let's treat this like a normal church service, a normal Thursday night. Amen. So I know we never expected this. I know we never expected what life was going to look like. But uh, praise the Lord, nothing surprises Him. So in the past two weeks or more, I don't know about you, but I've been flooded with about every emotion known to mankind. Uh, before break, I was like really exhausted. Uh, just a lot of life things, didn't know what was going on. Um, and I was on the team that went to Nicaragua over break. So I was really overwhelmed at that point, but I was kind of just anticipating like God was going to do amazing things. Like it was going to be great. I had a lot of anticipation. Um, and just to set the, set the record straight, like God really did do amazing things on that trip. He was really good. He was really kind on all of our spring break trips. And we're going to be sharing a lot about that on social media in the next week or so. And so you can check up on that, be encouraged, see what God was doing. Um, when I was uh, on on the trip, I thought, okay, after this, like my life is really gonna calm down. Um, it's gonna slow down, go back to normal. But then while we were in Nicaragua, as I'm sure on all of your spring breaks, we got the notifications that life started shutting down. Like we got the notifications that classes were gonna go online, um, the extension of spring break, all those things. But there were no cases in Nicaragua yet. And so the six of us on our team were on like a huge God high. Um, none of this mattered. Like we were joking about it. Our catchphrase for the week was just like, wash your hands. Like that's all you got to do to stay away from this is like, wash your hands. Um, because most like most of the online community now, we were just making a joke about it. But then on the trip back, like we had the serious conversations too. The kind of like trusting, trusting God, not being afraid to die believing in the Lord's protection, stepping out in faith. And I was so sure of all those things. Like I genuinely was. But then I got home and I started hearing about the possibility of us being quarantined because of our layover in Miami. And I had a really short conversation with a friend who was really scared. And just like that, with those two things, fear hit. And I don't even know what I was afraid of. Like I genuinely wasn't scared of getting sick but I was just afraid. I was scared of it all. Everything was officially uncertain. And then things kept getting canceled. Everything started closing. And I know you all know this, but life is really weird right now. And I'm facing a daily decision to give it all up to God because I don't want to live afraid. Like we're not supposed to live in fear. And I know this is all hitting us one way or another. Maybe it's fear for you, confusion, uncertainty, um, no one in our lifetime has really had to deal with anything like this. 
When the swine flu, the bird flu hit, they were very different, and so they were handled very differently. Um, maybe for you, school closing means that you go home to a not-so-great situation. Uh, I know a lot of seniors don't know how their curriculum is going to end. Um, fear and uncertainty tend to exaggerate things, so when we're separated from people, um, it turns into things not just, oh, I miss them, but will this friendship last? Or like, where am I gonna belong now that I'm not with these people? Not knowing how to finish this semester turns into, am I actually called into this degree? Like, can I handle this? Like, do I even have a purpose? And then fear exaggerates into our faith and we wonder like, is my trust in God worth it? Like, is my faith real? Like, is my faith even worth it? Because fear always over-exaggerates questions and it doesn't have legitimate answers. So we're left floating around up in the air with nothing to hold on to. And someone told me once that fear and the enemy speak in generalities and the Lord speaks in specifics. So fear are things that we can't put our finger on, we can't really um, narrow down. The Lord speaks in specifics. So we need a specific, solid foundation. So will you guys pray with me as we get into this? Um, God, we love you, and we're thankful that even in this way we get to come together as a community. Um, we're thankful that you're always here, you're always good. And Lord, I pray that you would help us learn tonight, Lord, that you would guide my words, um, that you would speak through me. Um, and Lord, more importantly than that, that you would just speak to all of our hearts individually because we know that you're not limited to this room. You're not limited to Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Lord, you are with us all individually. So Lord, speak to our hearts. Um, speak what we need to hear because you know us and you know our hearts. So we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so if you hear anything about what I'm going to say today, uh, this is it. Like this is the first point. If you're taking notes, this is the main thing. God is still God and God is still good. That's good. God is still God and he is still good. He's not just a good God, but like he is God. He is the creator and sustainer of the universe. He has not changed. Newsflash. God is still the same. Uh, he never will change. He is still loving. He is still kind. He is still in control. And when we start to get all up in arms because we feel like we're losing control, like we never actually had that control to begin with. All we had was anxiety. But the Lord is in control. He always was, he is now, he always will be. And he promises, like you can take this to the bank, cash it, like God is good, promise, all things will work together for our good. Whether they're good or bad, they work together for our good. And because the Lord's spirit is in us, we do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. We don't have to be afraid. In fact, it is our God-given right to not be afraid. And that doesn't mean we won't face uncertain times, but there is nothing that can come against us that's bigger than our God. Whether the situation changes or not, God is good and he does not change. And the Lord speaks to us in 1 John 4, 18. He says, perfect love casts out all fear. And this doesn't mean that if I tell some random dude on the street that God loves them, that he's never going to be afraid of anything for the rest of his life. Like God's love is not some magic pixie dust that if you sprinkle on it, it changes our chemical reactions or like removes our fight or flight. Uh, God's love for us is perfect. 
And so the more deeply that we experience it, the more fully it overwhelms our thought processes, our emotions, our actions, and our life. And in a new dating relationship, like you, there could be love, it could be genuine, there could be a sense of trust there, but compared to a couple who's been married for 50 or more years, like it doesn't compare because their love is, is more full, it's more perfect. There's less fear there <clears throat> because they are more secure and more stable. And so even that is not an accurate depiction of God's love for us because it's just in this, this world and, and God's so much bigger than that. Um, because God's love is not just more full or more perfect. God's love is perfect. That's right. And the longer we allow ourselves to experience it, to drench ourselves in it, to trust it and to believe it, the more that that perfect love can cast out fear. And when we're able to view life from the perspective of our security in God, things change. Like, I can trust that the God of the universe is going to take care of me even if I can't work right now. I can trust that he has better plans for me when mine don't work out. I trust that his love for me is enough even when it seems like people are walking in and out of our life. I trust that the love of God is for me and with me, even when I'm not physically in community. And we can't see these things tangibly, like we can't see the love of God, but there's something called a heavenly perspective. And the more that we fall in love with Jesus, the more that we can see things the way he does. So in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about leaving behind the things of this world for things that are eternal and for things that matter because we walk by faith and not by sight. And in verse 14, it says, we walk by faith, not by sight, because the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ keeps us under control. It guides us without fear. And in the midst of all this, we can choose to look at the uncertainty of the world. We choose a conscious choice to look at the uncertainty of the world through the love of God, not by sight, but by faith. So I want to ask you tonight, do you believe that the love of God is real? Do you believe that God is in control? Do you trust him? Do you actually believe that you are loved? Do you actually believe that you are loved? And if you can say yes to these things, like your worry is gone. Your fear is gone. You are safe. You are under control. Like the world is under the control of the father who loves you. But I think tonight, and just in this season that we're stepping into, it might be really hard for some people to answer those questions honestly. And that's okay. Like, God can handle our doubt. There's a powerful prayer in the Bible that I think is going to be really relevant to a lot of people right now. Somebody said, um, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I think this season that we're stepping into is a great time for us to pray prayers like that. So, Lord, I trust you. Like, help me trust you more. Lord, I, I know you love me, but help me believe it more deeply. Lord, I have faith, but I also have fear. Like, that's a prayer that we can pray. We can say, help me put that faith over the fear of having to stay in close quarters with my family for weeks. Help me to put my faith over the fear of losing people. Help me to put my faith over the fear of people getting sick. 
helped me to put my faith over the fear of not knowing how to stay connected, over the fear of not having enough money, over the fear of not knowing how to do online classes well. Because God is still God, and he can handle whatever we go through. And we can be honest about it honest with him about it because the amount of times in the past week that my prayer has been like God I don't know what to say like I don't I don't even know how to start this God I'm scared please take away my fear God I'm hurting please take away my pain because putting faith over fear doesn't mean that we don't experience fear all the time but maybe for us in these next few weeks it means that when we read that scary headline we still step alone into our room, put on some worship music, and raise our hands. Putting faith first might mean picking up your Bible every day to read it at a scheduled time, even if nothing else in your day is scheduled. Putting God before anything else means spending time with Him every day, even if you have to set a timer to make sure you don't get distracted by your phone or, or whatever else is going on. Those things are how we reorient our mental habits and how we gain a heavenly perspective. Those things are how we start to believe that God's perfect love really does cast out fear, like it says in 1 John 18. And Deuteronomy 31, 8, that he will never leave us or forsake us, so we don't have to be afraid or discouraged. Spending time in the word and in prayer and in worship are how we believe Romans 8.28 that says all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. It's how we believe Psalm 91.15 that God will answer us when we call to him. He will be with us in trouble and rescue us. Spending time in the word, worshiping and praying, they're not just cliche Sunday school answers. They're how we put into practice what it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God so that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all the understanding of the scientists and the politicians and what we read on Facebook, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So we keep this heavenly perspective, we hold on to it, we cling to it by keeping ourselves in the word, in worship, and in prayer. So what happens, like when we do all that, what happens when we believe that we're loved with perfect love and we give up our fear? So 1 John 4.18 says that perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4.19, the next verse, says that we love because he first loved us. When we encounter the perfect love of God, we have the freedom to love other people in the same way that we're loved. And so I believe that the question for this moment that we're in is how can we love one another in the midst of uncertainty and chaos? And this leads us to point number two, if you're taking notes. We're gonna live life offensively. And now, I need you to hear me. This does not mean you go around offending everyone. If you start a fight on Facebook and tell people that Brie told you it was okay, I'm going to find you and tell you you're wrong. Uh, this is not what I'm saying. Um, I've been talking about living on the offense instead of the defense. And I don't know a lot about sports. The closest thing I ever came to playing sports was intramural bowling in college. And I'm pretty sure that doesn't count. Um, but I do know that in football, the defense can score points, special teams can score points, but it is the primary mission of the offense 
to take the ball through whatever the defense of the opposite team may hurl at them so that the offense can win the game. Despite the other team rushing at them from all angles, they push forward. So for us, it means that we live proactively and not reactively. We are not going to let the enemy have the first move. We're gonna take charge and we're gonna live offensively. That means that the ball is in our hands and we're not just gonna stop the enemy from winning, we are going to win. We already have the victory, so we're not just gonna set up a barricade to keep ourselves safe, but we're gonna keep storming the gates of hell. And it's like this, when we actually believe that we are loved, when we know that we have been saved from both our sins and from the penalty of our sins, we are secure and safe enough to love others in the same way that we are loved. We love because he first loved us. So when the government's telling us to stay at home, to avoid contact, living offensively does not mean ignoring that either. Living offensively means figuring out how we're going to spread the love of God and the good news of Jesus while we're at home. Living offensively means focusing on what's important because if we're being honest, most people are more scared of the coronavirus right now than they are of their friends going to hell. Now, it's good to be responsible in these situations. We care for people's health. We need to be aware of the situation that hospitals might face. But living offensively in the kingdom of God means that we don't let this take our focus off the Great Commission. We don't let this take our focus off of eternity. Because there are billions of people alive today who are going either to heaven or hell, and there is no in-between. And when I was in college, I believe, looking back, that the Lord entrusted me with four specific people to minister to. People in my dorm, people who I could name right now who I've since lost touch with after graduation. Um, He entrusted me to minister to them. And they never came to church with me because I never invited them. They never listened to a podcast that I thought was good because I never shared it with them. And they never met Jesus because I was willing to waste my time so that I could live comfortably and not step out in faith. I was living defensively because I felt safe and I'm tired of doing that and I hope you are too. And I know life is weird right now, but let's not let this temporary distraction, uh, this temporary season distract us from the weight of eternity. People's brokenness, their fear, their loneliness in this time should be the very reminder of why people need Jesus. We minister, we live with the weight of eternity, we live offensively because not everyone has heard the hope of Jesus that we have. So who is the Lord entrusting to your care? Is it family members, friends, professors, your Instagram followers? It's for them that we preach immortality because Jesus has already abolished death. Mm. By our words and by our actions, we preach joy in the midst of sorrow. We're going to preach hope in the midst of darkness. We're going to preach confidence when there is every reason to stay afraid. And we're not going to be embarrassed that our message is illogical because it's real and it's true. And if you're listening tonight and you haven't experienced this truth yet, I would encourage you to say a prayer right now because Jesus is listening. Like God wants to hear from you. And you don't have to say anything specific in that prayer. You can just tell God that you want to know him. You can tell him that you need peace or comfort. You can tell him that you're afraid. 
whatever you need to, you can be honest with him. And just like when we would meet in person, if you reach out to a life group leader, they're going to get in touch with you. If we reach out to staff, like we want to be there for you and talk to you and answer questions and, and um, pray with you. Um, and just while, while we're still practicing social distancing, just know that like you can contact us through our website. You can contact us through social media. Like we're going to get in touch with you. And we want to let you know that like, you, can, you can pray. Like, God wants to hear from you. He is all-powerful. He wants to be with you. And not just during this time. Like, this time is important. But God wants to hear from you all the time, too. And so while fear tends to shut things down, uncertainty tends to shut things down. There's analysis paralysis. There's avoidance. Um, we're not alone in that. There is a man in the Bible, his name is Timothy, and he was mentored by Paul. Uh, and there was a time in Timothy's life he wanted to quit. He wanted to shut things down. He wanted to just be done with it. There were a lot of scary and uncertain things going on around him, and he wanted to shut down. And so as Paul was speaking to him, he starts by comforting Timothy. He says, I pray for you. Like, I remember your tears. I, I know you have enough faith to get through this. But then he says in 2 Timothy 1.6, after he comforts him for five verses, in verse 6, he says, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Do not shut down. What God has put in you, like we're going to get that fire going. We're going to live offensively. The Bible says that even in our weakest moment, and especially in our weakest moment, that's when God's power is made perfect in our life. That's when God can use us the most because his strength is shown most clearly in our weakness. So fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Oswald Chambers is an evangelist and an author, and he puts it this way. He says, Joy comes from seeing the complete fulfillment of the specific purpose for which I was created and born again. Not from successfully doing something of my own choosing. The joy our Lord experienced came from doing what the Father sent him to do. And he says, As my Father sent me, I also send you, in John 20, 21. So have you received a ministry from the Lord? If so, you must be faithful to it, to consider your life valuable only for the purpose of fulfilling that ministry. Knowing that you have done what Jesus sent you to do, think how satisfying it will be to hear him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. The idea of faithfulness to fulfill the Great Commission and our God-given calling doesn't change when we're practicing social distancing. Life is not about finding something good to do. It's not about laying low and hoping we don't do something wrong. It's not just about making it to heaven ourselves. Our life has one purpose to fulfill and we don't have to guess what it is. We don't have to wonder, like, I don't know like what my calling is. Like our, our life has one goal to fulfill. The purpose of our life is to be a minister of the gospel. As the Father sent Christ, so he sends us. He has placed an investment in our life, and it is our responsibility to make good use of that investment. So I want you to imagine if while we're all scattered from everywhere that we're watching right now, if we took this chance to consider how we can use our gifts, how we can serve others, how we can glorify God, and what if we all fanned into flame the gift of God that's in us? How would that change? How would that change things? So it might look different in this season, right? 
Like, if your gift is singing, you're not going to be on a worship team right now. But you can still write songs. You can still sing songs and share them online. If you work in the gift of healing, keep praying. Like, if your gift is encouragement, call people. Like, call a lot of people right now. Um, if your gift is teaching, make Bible studies and share them. If your gift is making things... Keep making things for the glory of God. Keep writing, keep studying, keep worshiping, mm -hmm. and stay in the word because that is the gasoline for our fire to fan into flame the gift that God has given us. Mm -hmm. These are not times to shrink back. These are not times to be complacent or content with the eternal trajectory of people that we know. Mm -hmm. These are times to be responsible and live on the offense. And when we get that heavenly perspective that God loves us, that we're safe, that we're secure, then we can live on the offense and share that love with other people. So practically, that love, we can share that with, with everyone, whether it's over the phone, over social media. And we don't do any of this social distancing stuff by fear. Like, we don't stay home because we're afraid. We stay home to care for other people. Mm -hmm. Because Christ loved us first, we can care for other people. And we're not going to judge people for however they respond to what's going on. So if they're hoarding things and staying at home and not letting anybody come over, we say, okay, with a smile, and we give them a call. And over the phone, we encourage them, not condemning them because of their fear but meeting them there and showing them hope so that they don't have to be afraid. And if people are choosing to leave their houses and to hang out with friends and to go shopping, we smile and, and we still love them in all situations. And we meet them where they are, not physically because we still wanna respect social distancing, but we meet them where their heart is and we show them love always in every situation. So that the God of peace, the Lord of peace, who gives us peace through his perfect love that casts out fear, we get to show that to others always in every situation. And the best way to encourage people in this is to introduce them to Jesus, right? We can encourage people in the context of relevant life situations, but we can never forget that Jesus and the, the good news of his life, his death, and his resurrection are always supreme. Because like, if you had the cure to corona, you would share it. Like, you would be an awful person if you did not share the cure to corona. But we hold the mystery of eternity. Like, we know the king of the universe. We know how to have certainty about our fate. Like, we have to share that. We would be the most awful people. Like, we would have to hate somebody pretty bad to not share that. In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. This is the God that we know, this is the God that we serve, and this is the God who we share. So as we're going forward, remember that God is good. We can rest in his love. We are called to share his love. And if you're anxious, if you're depressed, fearful, lonely, uncertain, whatever it may be, don't be hard on yourself. Like, you can accept where you are take a deep breath like an actual like that's not just a metaphorical thing like actually take some deep breaths and recognize where you are and keep pressing into God and when you feel some sort of way get into the word remind yourself of those truths that we talked about one thing I have to do 
a lot. I went, like, I literally did it this morning. Like, in my journal, I'm writing down, like, okay, anxiety says this. And then for each of those things, truth says this. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to separate what anxiety says, what fear says, what depression says, from what truth says. Whether or not I'm able to believe those truths in the moment, we have to separate those things. Because God is trustworthy. He is truth. And he will always be faithful to his character. So we have to realize that he has not changed. His love for you has not changed. And he's going to get you through this. And in the same breath, God's will that all should come to repentance has also not changed. So let's not waste this time. Let's use it. Let's live offensively. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for you, like you are the joy who is set before him, he despised the shame, endured the cross, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We can endure through this. And now, I know life is weird right now. I know it's crazy. Like, I'm in our basement preaching to six people in a camera right now in my socks. Like, <laughs> life is weird. In our staff chat yesterday, Sarah was posting about where we could find toilet paper. Like, life is weird. We're all still trying to figure out what it looks like to follow the Great Commission while we're practicing social distancing. And we can't see people every day. But we can never forget that the Great Commission is nonetheless our purpose. Times are tough. I can't dismiss that. Dismiss that. I wouldn't try to. I know there's a lot of confusion in all the coming unknown. It might get better soon. It might be a while. But even in all that, and with all of that, it's not too big for God. Mm-hmm. We might be quarantined right now. Um, but Pastor Nicole Schreiber said, you cannot quarantine the Great Commission. We are not going to back down from that. We're not going to hold back. So as we're separated temporarily, know that the community is still here. We are still united. Please continue reaching out. I met one of my closest friends a few years ago at a winter retreat, but she lives like multiple hours away. So our whole friendship has basically been built on video chat and like texts and calls. So I know from experience that like, we can still grow friendships. We can still grow closer. We can still support each other. And a great theologian by the name of Christina Casto um, (laughs) said recently, by recently I mean this afternoon, um, she said just because we're separated doesn't mean we're severed. Mm -hmm. So even though we're practicing social distancing, don't isolate yourself. Like it can be really easy to do that. Um, But maybe make a goal to have like one real conversation every day, not just for your own sake, but for their sake too. Know that God in this whole situation is not sitting up in heaven going like, crap, like I didn't know that was going to happen. Like God's not surprised by this. He knew knew this was going to happen. He is prepared. He still has a plan. He's still moving. He's still active. God still wants to do good works in you. He still wants to do good works through you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every week at Chi Alpha, we've been praying for an unreached people group. And um, people who don't know Jesus, who don't really have access to the gospel, because we want to care for the people of the world. We want to care for the nations. Uh, and this week, we want to care for the nations. We want to care for the people of the world by praying for those affected by the virus. 
And so TJ and Caitlin are going to come up. Um, and we're just going to say, say a prayer because we know that the Lord's moving. We know that he's working. Um, so I'm going to open and then we're going to pray if you can join us. So, um, God, we love you. And we're thankful that you're still good. And that we can come to you when we're confused, when things are uncertain, um, and you care for us. And Lord, we thank you that you care for all the people who have been affected as well. And so, Lord, right now, we just want to pray for their health. Um, Lord, you are big enough to stop this. So we ask that you would bring health, bring healing um, to all the people who have who come down a sickness, God, who may be feeling symptoms, Lord, I pray that you would stop them from getting this. Um, from those who have been exposed, Lord, I pray that you would stop the virus from um, continuing on in their body. Lord, I pray that you would help uh, people come up with vaccines and, and antibodies for all this. Um, and Lord, I just want to pray for uh, the families of those who have been affected, mm-hmm. those who might have to um, distance themselves while their loved ones are, while their loved ones. Um, are hurting and, and sick, um, I pray that you would give them all peace, um, knowing that you're with them. Uh, and Lord, I pray that their families, even though it would be really easy for them to be exposed as well, Lord, I pray that you would keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I pray for peace of the families of those who have passed away from this. Lord, I pray that you would give them comfort. I pray that you would give them comfort in you. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I pray that you would give them a peace that passes all of our understanding. We love you, Lord. Hey, God, and we just pray um, specifically for our leaders as well of our country and other countries. Um, God, we just ask that you give them divine wisdom. Mm-hmm. God, we ask that you give them uh, just discernment and clarity of uh, decisions that they're making. I pray that you give them the peace mm-hmm. um, that surpasses all understanding, that is found in you, Christ Jesus, that through this time that they press into you, that they pray and seek your face. And God, that they will be able to see the the right and the, the good direction to take um, our country and, and other countries around the world. Um, God, that this will be able to be quarantined. God, that you will be able yes. to uh, stop the spread of this. And that God, that um, you will restore health. And um, overall, God, that you would restore um, our entire nation's uh, souls and, and relationships with you. That, that through this, um, God, that they glory will still be brought to you that we'll be able to hear wonderful testimonies and stories of just how you've healed people Mm -hmm. so we ask for your healing hand to move and we ask that um that uh through this whole situation god that we are able to see um you that god that you give us new perspective and um just that we are able to see with the heavenly perspective like brie um was was speaking about god that you give us that same perspective to see um the good and that you are moving I'm in the midst of tragedy, that God, that you are still always in control, that you are still on the move. So God, we thank you that your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power, love, and self-discipline, Lord. And so God, I just pray um, for all of those who are watching, God, and all of those who, who may watch, God, mm-hmm. Lord, would you set us free from fear, Lord? God, may our trust be put in you. Lord, may we not ignore maybe those emotions that we have going on, but God, may we trust you, Lord. May, God, because God, you're trustworthy. 
And we believe that, God, that you're in control. And so, God, we just pray, God, that fear would decrease. And, God, that your peace, God, would, would increase in our hearts and in our minds, Lord Jesus. God, that we would not choose worry because worry leads to panic, but we would choose to pray because that's when your peace comes. And so I just thank you for that, God. And, Lord, your word says to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field. For the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, God. So during this time where it's just uncertain, God, and it's a little chaotic, God. We still pray that your word will be sent out, God, for you wish that none shall perish, but all come to you, Lord. Mm -hmm. So, God, we pray for open hearts during this time. God, that your word would be preached, and God, that we could see people come into a saving knowledge of your son. And so, God, we love you. Help us to love you more, God. We give you all of the praise, all of the glory, because it belongs to you and to you alone, Lord. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said and typed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining in tonight. We are so grateful that you guys tuned in. Make sure to hit that share button because we'd love for this awesome message that Bree preached to be sent out to your friends and to your families. And make sure to look at all of our social medias, our websites, mm -hmm. our Facebooks, our Instagram in the next coming weeks so that you can be encouraged. And please stay connected with us and with each other because we believe that God is still moving. Yeah. He loves you. We love you. We miss you. But we're so proud of you. Have a good night, you guys. Yeah.